Welcome to the Seattle Sports Union weekly podcast. My name is Brian, the Soul Man Solak. And this week we have the one and only Oregon Duck, Matthew Page. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey. Oh, you should be more excited about who we have as a guest star here. Well, why don't you introduce our guest uh, star? Our guest star is Phil the Man. Man. <laughs> yeah. You, or Dumb Man. Is it Dumb Man or The Man? Legend has it that duh has been my middle name since I was born. So ah, okay. So Phil Dumman. Phil Dumman, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, <laughs> yeah, hey guys, nice to see you, or nice to hear you, I should say. And, you as well. Uh, I guess it's both. So glad to, <laughs> glad to be here, and uh, let's get another sports union uh, podcast rolling. Can't wait. I, I I think I told you before. If not, I'll tell you again. Anyways, last time you were on with us was I think it was before COVID hit and you have one of the most highly rated podcasts of all time for the Seattle sports union. So props to you. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, keep that mojo going and I'm, I'm hoping I'm two for two. Did everyone, on the, everyone on the team listen to it? Yeah. Oh, everyone. Yeah. I yeah. said, they, I said they couldn't get on the bus uh, going to our next trip unless they oh. listen to it. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. I love it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So what you do with, with that is you, you leave a coded message at the end and you, and, and then you ask them to tell you the coded message. So then you make sure they did listen to it all the way. There you go. <laughs> I've, I've done that to Solak. When yes, he, you have. Podcast. <laughs> so what uh, you been up to Phil? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, lots happened, uh, since I've seen you guys and I've kind of seen you out and about in different, uh, events and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, since you guys uh, essentially saw me last with the Seattle U baseball team, I'm actually uh, in talks to coming back. And so what does that mean exactly? Well, I've been working at the University of Washington Hospital. It's not uh, it's not Seattle U. That's, it's not baseball, that's for sure. But uh, working over at the hospital on Montlake, and I'm a lab medicine courier. So that just... Mm -hmm. Kind of is exactly what it sounds like. I take lab medicine samples. It could be anything. We won't go into detail what that is exactly, but just because there's so many things, um, but I just pick them up and drop them off and then I come home. It's really simple. I wish I could be a little bit more enthusiastic about it, but <laughs> that's what's, uh, that's what's uh, filled my time uh, during this pandemic. And uh, because of the pandemic, I, Seattle, you told me to step aside. Uh, and so that's what's been uh, taking up most of my time now. But now I am potentially coming back, which uh, I'm very excited for. There's a lot of things uh, behind the scenes that need to happen. But all signs are pointing to me rounding third. Uh, and I'm going to be coming in standing. So it doesn't look uh -huh. like there's going to be a plate to plate. Looks like I will be high-fiving the uh, batter coming up to the dish. And uh, I'll be uh, back in that SU dugout once again. So uh, hopefully uh, that means I'll see the both of you at uh, a couple of games of Bannerwood in 2022. <clears throat> Absolutely. What is the same position then or different position or. So same position. Um, it's, it's the same position. Yeah. So okay. what they did last year or what they did for the 2021 season is they essentially just piecemealed it together with all the coaches and uh, that includes Donnie Harrell the head coach uh, taking on a little more responsibility than he would have liked um, and some of that is is not petty stuff but some of it is stuff that uh, you know a head coach wants to 
coach baseball, doesn't want to have to think about laundry, doesn't want to have to think about meals, the, the, yeah, all, all the logistics. So he told me we met a couple months ago when uh, this plan to come back uh, was hatched. He said, it's like, Phil, I don't know how you did it, but goodness gracious. He didn't use those words, but uh, <laughs> basically it was like, I'm losing my mind. And uh, he uh, went so far to call me. Uh, actually, we do have a running joke between the two of us that I'm his brain. So if he's the one that gets to coach on the field, I'm the one that gets to think about all the, uh, well, other things that he doesn't think about. So I'm, I'm, I'm the inner workings of uh, Mr. Donnie Harrell. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, really to go a little bit further with uh, as far as the position I would come into in 2022, I actually have, I have is not the right way of saying it, but one of our student managers is coming back. Uh, her name's Nicole Marifino <clears throat> and she is a senior or will be a senior uh, for Seattle U and uh, without having her here, it, it doesn't do her justice on just how uh, awesome of a baseball acumen she has. Uh, her father coach, she's from California, which has no, uh, no, doesn't have any interest on the story of what I'm about to tell you, but her dad was a high school coach. Uh, when she was growing up, both of her brothers played sports. Diehard Red Sox fan. Nice. Uh, so Brian, I know you're going <laughs> to, you are going to love Nicole. I'm sure you've met Nicole maybe once or twice in passing, but anyway, long, um, long story, uh, just slightly longer on uh, Nicole. Uh, she was one of those student managers that reached out uh, we, we had put a flyer out in uh, uh, the Seattle U baseball website just asking for student managers, and we got the run of the mill. Oh, what does this get paid? It's like, well, you know, this is more of just a experienced position and trying to get your feet wet, trying to understand what it is all about to be in college athletics. And of the folks that reached out, Nicole was one of the few that actually just ran with it and just couldn't be more appreciative to be out at the field, interacting with the guys. And now she is a senior. So now I really have made this long. So this is going to be <laughs> her uh, fourth year with us. And okay. she is, she's all in. And uh, I couldn't, excuse me, I will not come back unless she is not back. But she's, oh. a she's a senior, so she's not going anywhere. But mm. uh, she's, she's going to be really integral because she actually did help a little bit uh, without me last year with uh, traveling, at least by bus. Uh, to, or, and last year it was all regional, kind of going to Gonzaga, Pullman, uh, Eugene, Portland. So she got to travel by bus a lot and kind of took on a lot of those uh, bus duties that I would have done. So now by coming back, uh, assuming everything works out, I will now have, I will have an assistant. That'll be new. So, <laughs> so. That, that, that will be, I, I don't want to get off topic, but I am going to real quick just sure. because I saw your wife walk across behind. Mm -hmm. um, she's university of Oregon grad from what I believe you told me before. And yeah, he has good taste. Does, is she, have, was she a little upset that you're working at, you're a Husky currently or. You know, I think, uh, um maybe a little bit uh, okay. um, but i think she's used to the purple because i went to tcu which is purple and white and uh, uh i don't know if we cut out right there but uh i i've been born and i've been born in purple and white my whole life grew up in uh 
just north of Chicago around uh, Northwestern. Uh, they're purple and white, the Wildcats, TCU, purple and white. And here I am in Husky, purple and eh, gold, white, whatever. So uh, she's been unfazed. And I think she's just more, she's more concerned on, on what she's doing. So that actually allows me to, uh, I don't know, have more fun, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, at the end of the day, a paycheck's a paycheck too, you know. And yeah. In COVID times, <laughs> you do what you got to do absolutely yes sir yes sir but uh, hold your nose and, and and be a husky for a little bit uh you know yeah okay but it it, it does come <laughs> it does come out whenever uh, seattle u or if i'm at a husky event where oregon's a part of then it's like the whole duck comes out of it. <laughs> outstanding <laughs> um do you is there a set date when they're gonna offer you this job do you know or if you don't mind me asking no uh appreciate you asking um <laughs> i wish it was two months ago and uh, not that this has to be a whole conversation here but uh i'm just waiting for something in writing and uh okay man i thought something as simple as just putting down what my pay and responsibilities would be would be easy uh it sounds like uh somebody is just not signing off on something or they don't want me to have something in in my possessions that i can't somewhat argue something down the road and then with the pandemic potentially looming again with the delta stuff i i have no idea what they're what they're thinking but i would hope i was thinking it'd be june 15th and here we are in august still waiting so i'm 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 not losing steam, but it's a little frustrating to be honest with you. Okay, understand. Never as easy as you think it's going to be, unfortunately. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Connor O'Brien of Seattle U is he is he done or is he coming back for that extra year or do you know or? I I'm led to believe through my sources, which is, I think, just our trainer. That's just our source. <laughs> um, so I so Connor did not get drafted. Mm-hmm. And I believe he will be a fifth year senior if he comes back, if he takes one of the grad programs at CLU. Okay. Um, I know he jammed his finger or he did something. Uh, he, he hurt himself yet again, uh, if you've been following his injury history over the mm-hmm. years at CLU. And yep. sounds like it wasn't too serious over the summer. Mm. So all considering it just sounds like another comeback story for him pointing to him coming back to Seattle U because he didn't get drafted. He's hurt again. It's like, okay, you got one last chance to prove yourself. So I think he's, I think he is coming back. Okay. How, how about a couple other players? If you're where Austin lively or Justin Mazzone? I heard. So lively is done. Uh, he okay. had, a, he, he had his fifth year, um, his fifth year masters year last year. So he he's, he's entering his second year of his master's degree at CLU. Now he actually might even be a team manager. He might come back uh, just cause he might have some eligibility not to play, but just to help out as a student manager with whatever credit that uh, amounts to. Uh, so he might be around Austin lively, but he's, he's uh, he, he, his playing career is over. Sad to say. Yeah. Uh, Justin Mazzone, that's an interesting one. So the rumor that I, not maybe not rumor, but it was told to me that he actually was going to come back for 2022, told all the coaches, I'm in, going to work on, you know, whatever run of the mill he needs to work, 
whatever a player needs to work on. Uh, and then entered the transfer portal. So then oh. that caught all the coaches by surprise of like, you just basically poured your life out to us saying that you're committed and yeah. jumped into the portal. Now, I don't know the rules so well, but it sounds like once you go into the portal, in most cases, it kind of declares that you're now no longer, uh, if you had a scholarship or if you had anything tied to the university, it's kind of like you forfeit whatever. It. Yeah. Okay. So, so something he lost. Okay. So by going to the portal, he lost something or gave up something in exchange for the eligibility to potentially go play immediately somewhere else. Uh, Washington was in, in play. Um, I know that he's from California himself, thought maybe he'd try to go get something, I think from a PAC 12 school down, down there. Uh, but sounds like, I'm not shocked, not that there's a story there, but I'm not shocked. Sounds like he didn't get what he was looking for and said, all right, I'm coming back to CLU. But then the coaches were like, we don't have to take you back if we don't want to. And sounds like there was a whole kerfuffle of he was apologetic. His, his family was trying to uh, be a little remorseful. So of, of trying to not understand the process but that's as far as I understand the story to go of that he uh, sounded like he tried to one up us, if you will, which I'm not shocked by his character, which hopefully uh, is the lightest way I can put it. Uh -huh. okay. But uh, then to try and come back after everything he tried to bail on us from doesn't surprise me. So I don't know if he one over everybody to come back uh or if he is in search of a new school okay okay yeah. uh, a couple of alumni i'm gonna ask you about real quick before we move on yep kyler murphy what are you, what's your opinion on kyler murphy oh man what a guy i still keep in touch with him he's uh he's down in arizona uh i think he's working with a uh, some kind of like a college recruitment for baseball uh, program and Brian, I don't know if you've seen this. I know, I don't. I know you are connected to him and his dad on oh. on online, and I'll, you know we chirp at each other kind of through that medium, if you will. But yeah, but Kyler, uh, he's going to be. Uh, I'd say he's my dude for the rest of rest of life. If there's <laughs> one CLU guy that I can kind of latch on to, he and I would talk forever. Nice on on. on whatever topic that is so that's pretty cool his younger brother made it to the college world series this year and that oh man yeah and i was that was just a pure elation for the whole family right like one of Absolutely. those few moments where he he wasn't a red hawk but goodness gracious if i wasn't a wildcat for that uh, exactly that tournament yeah <laughs> exactly one last one Tarek skubal or if i said this first name right what are your thoughts? You and you did, yeah. Everyone okay. call everyone calls him Tarek or or uh, Tariq or something like that, but it is Derek, but with a T, so Tarek. Okay. If that helps, I don't. Yeah. Now that I say it out loud, it sounds weird, but Tarek. <laughs> Tarek Scoobal. Usually, it is his last name. Oh, it's both of his first and last name, but Tarek Scoobal. Um, and what, I'm sorry, I missed the question. What are your, so, what, what's your, tell me, tell me about him in a few words. Great individual as well. He's somebody, uh, 
I wouldn't say I'm the closest with, but he's still somebody to this day that I will text him and it'll take him a minute, like a day or two. I'm sure he gets blown up with, with texts and, and calls, but I mean, uh, man, last night, if you saw, he went up against Otani and mm-hmm. he didn't give up Otani's home run. It was his relief guy. He gave up the two run over to Upton, but, uh, man, what a game to lose and just, but what a game to lose, but also be a part of it. I don't know if that's kind yeah. of interesting take on it, but uh, anyway, point, point in case or case in point. Um, great guy, somebody that I can reach out to and he'll still acknowledge me by first name and at least give me the time of day. Uh, eventually not saying that he blows me off, but I know he's a busy guy and he could just choose to ignore me, but he's he's gonna care he's he's gonna have a good career and if he keeps his attitude the way it is he's he's gonna be a good one uh to say that i actually knew a hall of famer or some, something of that absolutely just a major leaguer in general the guy's yeah. gotten better and better this year i'm quite impressed yeah so he i think and i know when he came uh if you guys followed that uh when he came to seattle to to pitch against the mariners oh yeah i sent you guys that stuff but yeah. uh he said after that game, that was like the most electric and energetic that he'd ever been just because he got to pitch in front of the coaches That's us cool. and, and former uh, team members. So I'm not that, not that I think that his season or his career hinges on that one game, but I think he's going to always remember that. And uh, I think he'll think uh, in the, be- when the times get tough, I think he'll think of that game uh, coming back to Seattle and uh, carry him, carry him in certain tough spots going forward. Definitely. Um, let's talk about the minors. Matt had a good pre-show question. I'll let Matt talk yeah. about that. Sure, sure. But, um, You're, in regards to the new minor league system, Matt, you had a good question about that. Oh, oh well, for recruiting? Well, in regards to how the new minor league, uh, the new minor league architecture, uh, how, how do you think that that will impact college ball? Just in terms of like for drafting and Drafting and, and how players will, you know, face college sports and, you know, I mean, will they take a more serious approach? Will they skip college and try to try to go to uh, a high be drafted out of high school instead? You know, I mean, you know, there's there's a there's a there's a smaller window now in the draft. There's the dream league, whatever that's supposed to be and however that works its way out. But you know, there's limited, there's less slots than there were. There's a lot less slots. Yeah. What is it? Is it only 20 rounds now? And it used to be like 40, 45 or something. Yeah. It's about half what it was. Okay. And there's only four, you know, four, basically four teams for each organization Mm. now. Yeah. Cause they got rid of the uh, short season and basically, yeah. What is, yeah. They pushed whatever the leftovers were into the dreamers league. Yeah. And no one's really a hundred percent sure how that's going to work out. And if you're really going to be able to jump from the dream league to the real league. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Tough question. I think we're all, we're all, I'm looking at all (laughs) of us like, huh, what will happen? Um, Man. But yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, all I can think of is I, I would, I would hope I'm not missing something when I say that, when you cut down on certain things, hopefully more top talent rises to the top. So that way, I, you know, I guess you'd work harder or something like that at the lower in high school and all that stuff to try and really get 
noticed and try to work your way to get to college to then, I guess I would just hope that it produces more harder work ethic and you'll, you'll start to see tougher, tougher talent, but. Well, I'm wondering if the, if, if there will, if more players will pass on college, if they get drafted out of high school, Oh, because there's less slots. So your chances of getting drafted out of college, you know, your chances of getting drafted are, you know, halved basically. And, and so, you know, will they jump more readily from high school and skip college and just go straight into the minors? Like if they get drafted in any of the rounds in high school, they're going to yeah. realize, Oh goodness, I got one of this. This is my select. shot, you know, maybe, you know, yeah. Because huh. if college doesn't go well, then you might not get drafted when you're done with college. Gotcha. So yeah, there's not much room for error earlier on. Uh, yeah. You, if you go to college with all this vast draft capital, knowing you could still get drafted now cutting that back it seems like you have to take that shot a lot earlier huh like you can't pass it up or else you well yeah if you're, if, i mean if they draft you then yeah i mean do you turn that down and go to college i mean i know like some of the top prospects obviously we we actually interviewed for the bells we interviewed malachi knight who's a local kid um out of marysville who turned down uh, a draft offer and was going to ucla in the fall um but he's gonna go top 20 overall when he finally comes out of college um, so he has that luxury but not everyone does so there's going to be younger pitchers and, and hitters that are going to go you know this is my this might be my shot it's a good point there might be you know and even if you bring in like uh, all the shoulder surgeries and arm surgeries that are these kids are having really early I mean you're right there might be a lot of people foregoing college and just go hey you get drafted just take it just get in and uh best of luck but, but yeah i don't know what the financial ramifications of way of of if you if you go earlier than later i don't know if you're saving money or making money you know or i'm sorry losing money or making money it's like, well i mean i'm not just thinking about it in terms of 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 money i mean i'm thinking about the guys who would go around 15 to 20 you know and and they get picked they're thinking to themselves you know hey i went in the 19th round in high school what are my chances that i you know coming out of college i go in the 19th again or higher or maybe not even drafted at all and i maybe i don't get that call and i have to go to the dream league and never get my shot at the majors you know so people are going to think about that and you'll regret that you should have taken that first draft opportunity when you're in high school. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about money. It's about the opportunity. Gotcha. Okay. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I could go all, I feel like it's a all roads. It's, it, it's a spaghetti road here. We'll just <laughs> somehow end up somewhere and come either right back to where we started or. <laughs> As a good homework question to ask Donnie next time we talk to Donnie Harrell. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's, and, and that's one of the things that I'm. Yeah, they got to I, face that in recruiting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I, part of my being director of baseball ops job position is I, I'm, I think mandatorily not a part of recruiting something to do with I'm not a coach technically. So it's like compliantly or compliance wise, it's, it's like forbidden or however 
the terms work, but I still get to hear some of these things yeah. and I want to learn more. So I definitely will do some homework, Mr. Sola. <laughs> very good. Very good. You'll have to report back too, by the way. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about some Aquasocks. Have you been able to watch some of our keep up with it from down in the South? Right. Uh, yeah. South. I'm down, down in the, in the Capitol Hill. Yeah. Just, yeah way, way down South there in Seattle, you know, have you kept up with them though? I know you were, you were, you were up there earlier in the season, but have you been able to kind of watch? Not, not so much, honestly. Um, I know Julio Rodriguez was the guy to watch at the beginning of the year. And then he got promoted. I can't remember when the season started at this particular moment, but I think he only lasted like a month. Right. And then he's been up in, it was like a month, month and a half. Yeah. Okay. And then he got promoted to double A. Then he went onto the Olympic team for a while. Oh, he did. Okay. And then now he's back in Arkansas. Okay. And kicking butt. Cool. Um, so no, not really. I know uh, Everett's been in first place, but because everyone's been, uh, been traded or not traded, everyone's been promoted. It seems like they've left him in a precarious situation with uh, Hills is Hillsborough right behind him. Uh, Eugene. Yeah, Eugene. Eugene. Okay. And uh, they're actually playing right now. Um, it was two, two to nothing earlier. It's uh, well, the Aqua Sox are winning, but they're only up a half a game on the Emeralds right now, and they're playing wow. the Emeralds. So oh, dear. this is the series to watch. Um, it's really a two-horse race in the, in the, in the con- division or conference uh, or whatever um, this year. Um, it's just Eugene and, and the Aqua Sox. But the Aqua Sox have lost – everyone from that yeah. opening day roster there's like three people uh, left yeah like we, we talked about the other night like maybe up to 15 players are gone from opening day roster how crazy it is wow like on the field there's tyler keenan and in the pitching staff there might be two or three arms and that's about it all um, in the bullpen <laughs> yeah well the bullpen there's there's some guys in the bullpen that have been there all year yeah. How about this? Let me ask you two guys a question, being the Aqua Sox fans that you are. Either what's the either what's the biggest difference that you've noticed with the Aqua Sox making the organizational jump from short season to high A, or what's your favorite part of what you've seen with the high A level of play? So, like, what have you either personally noticed about the Aqua Sox? as a high A team or as the league as a whole, as high A or both. You can answer both. I guess for me it was probably it's the level of talent is obvious, obviously much better. I mean, it's proven fact that we lost up to 15 players, got promoted, but I mean, we talked to Jason Churchill of prospect insider last week and he said, it's obviously it's very rare that a team like that will get so many players promoted in this season Usually yeah. you'll you'll only see maybe five at the most. So I mean, this is a rare season for the Aqua Sox, but I guess just the level of play it just it's just been more exciting. And I, I think even if, if this team was cut in half, I, th- I still think we would have had a fun first half watching these guys. So that I guess that's my first observation. What about you, Matt? Uh, the one thing that I like the most in terms of change i remember we were a short season single a before so you know the 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 season only lasted what two and a half months and at most and the the players were there 
from the straight from the draft. So they had played a college, you know, full college season, and then they'd come and and especially the pitchers would barely ever pitch. Like they'd get like you know we're gonna go out there for two innings and then we're done. And you know they maybe they pitch again and like you know. <clears throat> eight games or something like that they were really on strict pitch counts yeah um especially george kirby the first time around uh but now in in high a we actually get to see pitchers go deep into the game we get to see them in the sixth and the seventh inning and you get you get a better sample of how good some of these guys really were before they got promoted (laughs) sure um my favorite pitcher brandon williamson uh is I think he's going to be a, an anchor of the Mariners rotation in the future easily. Um, he, uh, he, he impressed me. Uh, and, and both, both of us, uh, there was a, a start he had where he started out like walking three guys and then he had to get like three K's to, to clear the, the, uh, the inning. And he just kept going, just started mowing down hitters, got like 11 K's that night or something like that. Uh, and, and, you know, normally in, in short season, single a, you'd, you'd see him pulled after like an inning, you know, you didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't, you don't get to see the rest of his work. Um, he would have hit his pitch count in that first inning and they would have been like, okay, let's go to the bullpen. Uh, now we get a better sample size of the players. We get to see them more often. We're seeing them on a longer season. So we get to see the hitters are longer. Um, it sucks that Julio was only in town for so short a time. He was amazing. He's going to be a superstar. Uh, you could just tell it's just, he's he, just his presence. He's just there and he's just hitting it and he's feeling it and he's presence on the field with the team. He's hyping the team up. Um, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in a Mariners uniform. Nice. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a bummer that we've lost so many, so many people halfway through the season, but we were spoiled. We were really, really yeah. spoiled. I mean, there were a lot of like, like 10 15 plus run games that they were crushing guys by right oh they were their their uh their points for against points guess they were what they were plus like almost 200 at one point or they something. went over 200 in fact, yeah at one point. Yep. which is which is insane for baseball i mean if you yeah. think about it most games are one nothing or two nothing or whatever and they were 200 points over what they'd allowed you know against them that's how good they were i mean i'm telling wow. you I, I said it earlier this season i said Put this team, this roster, bring the Mariners up from Seattle, do a best of three, mm-hmm. 50-50 chance the Aqua Sox would have won that series. Wow. I mean, that was they were that good. They were really, really – and the Mariners were that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're in the playoff race, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But, uh, you know, they, they their best player on their team joined the team a month ago? No. Yeah. Two weeks, three weeks ago? So like that. yeah, so you know, I mean, they 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 would have they would have lost to the Aqua Sox. Julio would have put them in their place. Even Arkansas now too. They would. Oh no, Arkansas would do it, yeah. It. yeah, because it's that entire same lineup and on that entire same pitching staff. They're all up destroying Double A uh, hitting now. Yep. Um, you you mentioned Williamson. I want to throw in Matt Brash. He he was. Oh, yeah. We got him from the Padres last last year during the trade deadline and. He started out with Aqua Sox this year. Now he's up with Arkansas. He's just getting better and better tonight. They had a split double header. He went seven innings. Um, with this rule this year, it's double headers are seven innings, but he gave up one hit, zero runs, I believe, and 11 strikeouts. The guy's just getting more and more better. The guy's got a wicked curveball. And yeah, yeah. Th- this guy's going to, if he stays healthy, he's going to be like Williamson. He's going to be part of the rotation for sure. So, 
as long as we don't trade him. But well, the Mariners are going to have an embarrassment of riches and pitching very soon. <clears throat> I mean, there's like seven guys in that group, and all of them can start at the. Uh, I'm I I mean, I'm very impressed. They they could all easily start in the majors. Um, at various levels, you know, there's the Hancock and the and the Kirby that are you know the cream, yeah. and and maybe aces, maybe I don't know about that necessarily, but you know, and then there, but but Brash could absolutely be a number three guy in that rotation. Williamson could be a number two. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's Stout Levi Stout yep. was part of that group, um, and there's one other person I'm forgetting. Who am I forgetting? Oh. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's been it's been a pretty it's been a pretty awesome year um, for the Aqua Sox, but they're kind of limping to the playoffs at this point, unfortunately. And my question to Solak now <laughs> is: Have you messaged Lewis Boyd, the manager, um, with your uh, your question yet? I have. I've not heard back from him yet, but I did it on Sunday evening. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't stand that um, these these kids get drafted and they sit on the bench and they don't cheer on their team. I think they personally should be standing all the time rooting on their team you yeah. know, from from start to end. Scala, you does that all the time. Oh, for sure, yeah. And, I was just going to say, yeah. And so, he, yeah, go he, ahead, Matt. Yeah, it's, well, this question this question stems from a, uh, a visit to the field. We, we did a um, – <laughs> we did some some shooting on the field uh for our our documentary and um me and abraham were were uh were sitting in the dugout of the aqua Sox dugout there chilling in the in the shade and uh brian came over and started you know telling us how we're not supposed to ever sit in the dugout you're not supposed you're supposed to be up at the, at the, at the fence and you know standing there and cheering on your things and so um it's just kind of grown as an inside joke and, and we, you know we need we we uh we were originally gonna have brian interview lewis boyd and say what the hell man i keep seeing guys sit down and whenever we're sitting there at the game i'll be like i'll look over at the ball at the dugout and go oh there's like five players that need to be cut over there you know funny <laughs> so he's finally apparently you finally you finally asked him you just haven't heard back yet okay correct yep you guys will be the first to know when that, that he responds Good good to know. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, Let's talk about those Mariners. Have you been able to kind of watch them, Phil? Yeah. uh, I feel like the lineup changes daily, so I have no idea what Scott Service is doing. But, I mean, to be – I see see you both shaking your head. (laughs) I'll shake my head too, yeah. Um, But uh, – I mean, if I've said it before, maybe not in the podcast, um, but the Mariners remind me a lot of the Cubs before they started winning up to their World Series championship. Just mm-hmm. they bring you that much closer and then just rip your heart out or just completely like the Cubs for just s- a small segue. The Cubs recently, when they just got rid of Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo and uh, Javi and Baez, Baez. Yeah. you were thinking, okay, well, let's just see what the let's see what they can do without them and then they went on to lose 12 in a row so it's like yep okay uh, <laughs> there goes there well, they goes had, my interest I think, I think they had like a nine game losing streak before they traded them something was, like that they were because they were almost in the playoff hunt and then they had that streak and it was like okay i guess we'll pull the plug yeah so using that towards the mariners not that they've had a losing streak but like i'm just waiting for like some losing streak to to happen like today for example like i thought that they were going to win easily 
the Mariners yeah. over Texas, and then they just give up five runs in the ninth, like to tie it. Yeah. Or no, or yeah, five in the ninth, like. Yep. And they did win it very easily in the eleventh with Toro hitting hitting the ball out of the park. Was it Toro? That was your boy Ty France. No, I think it was Toro, wasn't it? Mm, I think it was yes. France, but either way, they won nine to eight. So, so, but like I was, I mean, and then the last time the Mariners played in Texas, they had that they were winning both times in the ninth. Gave up like the walk off home run back to back nights to that that uh, Darren Heim guy. Heim, yeah, Heim yeah. Heim. So it's just like I'm waiting for this collapse, and I mean three <laughs> three games out, I'm uh, I'm right on the fence, guys. Like it, I, I don't want to buy into it yet. I know they have to go through the Astros, of course, some more. Oakland a little bit more. I know the Red Sox are coming to town; they're scuffling, but that's not till mid September. Yep. Um, I, I, that Arizona. Uh, back-to-back weekends they're gonna play six games three at arizona three here uh that they have to sweep those they have to take all six like and if they don't well then it's like i don't they don't deserve honestly to make the playoffs or wild card they're just gonna they don't have the power to to limp in in my opinion and and make noise well said well said we've been fighting that struggle for what 20 plus years so well, Abraham keeps yelling at, at the two of us to get excited and get into it. And, you know, 20 years of building it up and getting our legs swept out from under us are just kind of like, uh, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. 100%. Um, you know, and, and people were screaming, we need to buy, we need to buy, we got our chance. And I'm like, no, wait, just like one more year. Cause there's so much good talent at, at Everett and they're now they're in double a and they'll be up like halfway through the season next year, maybe. <laughs> You know, and we'll have we'll have money this offseason and theoretically go buy some free agents and to fill in the holes and, you know, next year maybe is the year, in my opinion. So I'll ask you, uh, Brian and Matt, so you're maybe separately, but Matt sounds like you're happy that the Mariners made zero deals and everything is just gravy for 2021. Um, we made the right deals. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got better now and in the future. We, 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 you know, we got rid of, there was a lot of, a lot made about the Kendall Graveman trade, but we made the absolute right move there. We got rid of a guy who was going to become a free agent. Sure. who was yeah. a 30 year old reliever who really honestly, no offense to him, but he wasn't anything special. Uh, and in return at the end of the day, we have a Diego Castillo, 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 Castillo. Um, who we got from Tampa, who is under control for three more years, cheap, and he is just as good. In replacement, ass today, but he's yuck. had some rough starts. <laughs> he's had some rough outings for us, but he is just as good as Kendall Graveman, if not better. And and uh, you know, we added we ultimately we added Toro. I mean, for that Toro is the best player on the team right now already. Absolutely, he's one hundred percent the best athlete on that field. I have an Astro. I have an Astros buddy. Sorry to not to interrupt. I have an yeah, Astros ahead. buddy who, the well, the first and second day when he coincidentally played the Astros because they were playing each other right across the field, he said as soon as he hit the second home run, he goes, "I already missed Toro." Like, coming, <laughs> like coming from an Astros fan who he could say, "We have El Tuve, we have uh, Granky, we have just some of these pitchers," uh, and high. Uh, Guriel, like to him, for him, for him to say, "Oh my God, I'm I miss Toro already." It's like, huh? What do we have that uh, 
I didn't, admittedly, I didn't know who he was until we got him, but like, yeah. you know, hearing it from somebody who, who, who I think would know his stuff about a first place team and somebody's followed them winning to say, Oh my God, I can't believe we lost him. It's like, huh, what did we stumble on? So I'm, I'm excited to see what Toro brings. And he, he has been exciting being a switch here and um, just, uh, excuse me, the clowns are, are here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, maybe that's Toro. I'm trying to make a clown show out of him. But anyway, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what he brings. He's he's piqued my interest. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he should. He he he's uh, he's Kyle Seeger's replacement next year. Oh no, kidding! I like that's, that. Uh, that's that's where they're they're potentially slotting him in. He's a good glove at third. He can hit. He's shown he can hit. Um, Long term, probably third baseman for us, uh, you know, and, and all it cost us was Kendall Graveman and a player that we had already cut. And in Montero, return, we took, yeah. yeah, Montero, who was terrible for us, beyond yeah. terrible. He was one of the worst pitchers in baseball this year, statistically. Like you can, you can, there are facts that back that up. It's one of, he's one of the worst <laughs> pitchers this year. Um, and maybe they can fix him and, and he's been good for them since actually. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we couldn't, we couldn't make him work. We, we designated him for assignment like five days beforehand. So the reason why the trade happened when it did was because the clock was ticking on Montero and they wanted mm-hmm. Montero. Um, and then we took Joe Smith as kind of a salary equalizer in return. Hmm. Uh, who's been great for us. since? Yeah. You got the win today. Just oh, by I luck. Did. Nice. Yeah. Just by being, <laughs> by being the pitcher that, you know, was there, but uh, you know, he's been great for us. So, I mean, already we won that deal. We won that deal a hundred times over in my mind. We, we get better in the future and we get better, immediately um you know when there are people who are like we should have gone and got chris bryant and we should have gone and we should have gotten you know Baez and and you know maybe even anthony rizzo or or you know one of the other guys out there and it's like sure what would that have cost us mm. you know that would have cost us like kirby and you know somebody else and what would you know we would have gotten what two months of a guy i mean because then you know the reality is, is Seattle is not a free agent destination. Nope. Because we've been twelve twenty years of losing is <clears throat> kind of added to that. But it, we're not a free agent destination um, because we're just we're isolated. We have to travel the most out of any team, and uh, being up here in the left hand corner of the state of the country, and so we're going to have to overpay if we want hitters to come hit in our park. We're also a pitcher's park. Hitters don't want to come play for us because they'll lose their, you know, their stats won't be as good. They won't be hitting as well. Yep. Um, so you trade all those pieces, those potential future pieces that could help out next year, maybe. I mean, even as soon as next year, and you know, be be cost controlled for six years. So you know, build around. But you get this, and you get this guy who is going to spend two months and then never come back. Yep. In all likelihood. I mean, yeah, there's a good chance we could have signed, re-signed him, but you don't know that. Um, so, you know, and you don't, I don't know where, um, you know, where Chris Bryant's going to wind up next year. No one knows. No one knows. You know, I mean, so it, I, I like the certainty. Yes, there's something to be said of trading prospects and the potential for someone who's established and already knows, you know, we know they can perform at the major league level. But it's just it, – it, the equation doesn't balance when in, in this situation. This this trade deadline, I think Jerry DePoto did the exact right thing. We got better now, and we got better going forward, and we didn't mortgage our future in any real way. It sucks to lose Austin Shenton. Yep. He was amazing uh, and local boy. 
Um, and he's going to have a great career for the Tampa Bay Rays. Hitting probably playing, probably playing first for them first, or left yeah. field. And because uh, he's not going to stick at third, sorry. No. Uh, but, you know, it, it was worth it for Castillo and, and you combine all the trades together and it's just, I mean, easy deal. <clears throat> and and uh, when, uh, by the way, uh, Phil, a bit of context here. On the trade deadline day, we actually had a podcast uh, from the uh, stadium parking lot at Ever Memorial Stadium. And okay. Abraham and Brian spent the entire time yelling at me, telling me that I was wrong because I was positive about all these deals. Wrong, I, thought it was, like, I thought they were good deals, and they were yelling at me, uh, telling me that I was bad. Yeah, we were yelling at you. Okay. So, so you may notice <laughs> in the notes for the outline for the uh, for this for this particular podcast, uh-huh. uh, there's a line here that says, "Revisit the trades now that Matt is vindicated." Still angry that you both were so wrong? Question <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Anyways, moving on. <laughs> well said. Well said. <laughs> um. Uh, let's yeah let's move on from the mariners and baseball let's let's phil let, let phil pick the topic you want to do nfl or you want to do college football phil um no let's talk i haven't watched much nfl recently so let's do college football because the poll came out okay right. yeah you have some thoughts about the poll don't you who's your uh who's who in your opinion who's the most overrated team no, uh, for some reason, I just can't wrap my head around Iowa State uh, being in the top 25 at all. But like kind of looking out, I'm looking at the rankings right now for this year. Yeah, Iowa State is number five. Like how, how, or at least this is, yeah. They beat, or- they beat Oregon. So it's like, yeah, I guess. Then, I don't know, LSU five and five last year. They're number 11. I think they're just still trying to sell high on like what Wait. they did with Burrow. Or am you're I looking, looking at, at you're looking at the wrong one? Iowa State's number seven. Oh, maybe I'm looking at uh an Oregon's eleven. Let me hold on, let me uh where have you found your I know there's I'm, I just went to ESPN. Okay, I'll go to ESPN. We'll we'll go from there. But yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't really use that website for anything other than standings and rankings at this point. But, but yeah. Um, but oh, I, State at I, seven. yeah, Iowa State just doesn't, um, just doesn't do it for me. I mean, maybe I'm, uh, here we go. Uh, maybe I'm just overreacting, but I just, I, what have they done for me lately besides just win <laughs> maybe in like the last couple of years uh north carolina i just feel like it's a mac brown show like anything that he's attributed to espn is going to give him love uh miami i don't know enough about but i know abe's kind of involved in the hurricane uh they got they got a lot of people coming back in miami i think that's yeah, a deserved they got, drinking they have one of the best quarterbacks in the nation this year supposedly um Derek okay. King. oh um, yeah yeah and uh yeah abe likes to root for low pressure air <laughs> um, for Miami, yeah. I like to tell him that a lot. He's rooting for low pressure. Um, yeah, Miami, Miami, you know, and then their competition. I mean, other than Clemson, I mean, yeah, okay, I guess North Carolina is pretty decent now. Supposedly, they've it's built a fun. pretty good running program. Like rushing, you know, like they, they keep mm-hmm. producing running backs. Like every year <laughs> in the draft, there's another two North Carolina running backs that get drafted. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, that, that that's Mac Brown, right? You said Mac Brown. I think Mac Brown's still yeah, the he's, coach. He's still there. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's probably it. Yeah. And then he's I just, just see I see Arizona State at twenty five, and all I can think about is Herm Edwards telling everybody to play to win the game. So just you play to win the game. Like, <laughs> he, he's still there, right? He hasn't gotten fired. No, nope. still uh-huh. him, and uh, I think Marvin Lewis is still his assistant. Who was the Bengals head coach for oh, many years? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I don't, I don't well, know whether twenty five. He was the Illinois coach for a while too. Mar- Marvin Lewis? Yeah. Or Lovey Smith? You think Lovey Smith? Oh no, I'm thinking Lovey Smith. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. The most overrated team on this list besides Washington. Um. I do agree with that, by the way. I don't think I just I don't see them in the top twenty five. Yeah, and they barely played any games. How? How? Like, I, Jimmy, I, Jimmy Lake has something to prove still. He doesn't deserve a top 20 like, right away. Come on. Well, and I don't know who their quarterback is. Is it a Jake? It's probably it's be a Jake. Jake. That's the rule of thumb, right? Gotta start, <laughs> their name's got to be Jake. They're starting quarterbacks playing for the Indianapolis Colts. That's where he went. Um, <clears throat> Jake Eason. Yeah. yeah. Um, or Eason, whatever. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right. Iowa State seems – out of place up there but every once in a while and once in a blue moon iowa state really gets their act together and puts together an amazing team remember seneca wallace sure when seneca wallace was running running that team and uh they were amazing that year uh it always bothered me that the uh, seahawks never really let him play Hmm. um i know he was the backup quarterback you don't want to get him hurt but I, i always wanted to see him line up at wide a lot more wide receiver more uh get get the ball in his hand downfield he was dynamic um Coastal Carolina is interesting. Um, I, I did. I did ask. Uh, I do ask the question. Um, how do you think the University of South Carolina feels that Coastal Carolina and and Clemson? Well, I mean, Clemson, of course, is rated above them, but Coastal Carolina is rated above them, and they're you know so it's two two uh, colleges in their own state that are ranked above them, and they traditionally are a football school. I think they're okay with that because they're rebuilding anyways. They have a new head coach who's starting his first year. Okay. Shane Beamer, his dad was the Frank Beamer. I don't remember who he coached, but he's like in the college football hall of fame and Beamer Beamer, but all all the alumni from South Carolina, maybe, maybe uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, But Virginia tech. Yep. Frank Beamer, Virginia tech. All the alumni though are high on this kid. He's he was assistant Ohio, uh, Oklahoma offense, I believe. And but all the alumni say this guy's going to turn the program around. It's just going to take a few years. So yeah, it always does. Yep. So um, and speaking of seeing him turn the program around, um, what's happening at Washington State with uh, your boy Nick? Uh, first he's hemorrhaging players, and now he's refusing to get vaccinated and could potentially get fired for not getting vaccinated. Uh... Yep. And, and, and few words possible. I Supposedly today he said he's going to follow what the governor said and he's going to obey the rules. But as I well, talked about it, he's fired. So he really yeah. has a choice. <laughs> I mean, I, I came out a couple weeks ago and talked about this in, our, in the end of our program. And, you know, I shouldn't have according to Abe, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Nick, Abe was just upset that you ended the program on a down note. That's yes, all. <laughs> I know, I know. You can talk about it all you want. Just don't end the program on a down note. <laughs> um, Nick, Rolo, as they call him, he should have given us a reason why he doesn't want to be vaccinated. 
I don't give a shit what it might be, but he should have given us a reason and he's been yeah. silent about it and it's ridiculous. And I'm sorry, but I, I, I agree. He deserves to be fired if he doesn't get vaccinated and it's stupid. It's really freaking stupid. So I'm, it's my, yes, it's my alumni, it's my alma mater, but, and I like the guy, but if we lose the guy, we lose him because it's, it's dumb. So that's my right. thoughts. And Fair real enough. quick, real, real quick, I think, Oregon is is rated too high when you're asking your most overrated team. I think they're too high. I think they are a little too high myself. I'd put them right around twenty, to be honest. That's where I had them. Um, what's that, what's Oregon's story from last year? Weren't they not because they were not supposed to be in the Big Twelve championship because <clears throat> Huskies had COVID or something like that. So then they got to. They play. weren't supposed to be in the Pac twelve championship game because the Huskies. Actual, sorry. had played less games and therefore had the like winning percentage or whatever. So they're supposed to go. And then they had COVID. So the ducks went and the ducks won. So the ducks won the world, won the championship, even though they weren't supposed to be in it. Uh-huh. And we had a quarterback that turned out to not really be all that great. And our replacement takes over this year. And I'm not too sure about him. We'll see. Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown, right? Yes. Yeah. We have some, we have some young quarterbacks that I, I, I saw at the scrimmage and they look good for the future, but I don't think they're going to be playing much this year. Your running game though. And then that guy on defense, who's like a sophomore, six foot five. Thibodeau? Yeah. He's yeah. He'll go in the draft this, this, after this next year here. Yeah. The guy is amazing, and but he'll be top five pick probably. <laughs> I agree with that, but I think, yeah, you guys are rated too high, but. We'll see how – if you guys play well against Ohio State, then I'll change my opinion. But right now – I'm a little worried about that game. We'll see. Yep. Of the three, just well, – I'll pretend I'm a Husky for a minute because I'm okay. with the hospital. Who's going to have the better record between Huskies, Oregon, and Washington State? Oregon. Or- Oregon. Okay. Sadly, <laughs> but true. Yeah, I think Oregon's loaded. Yeah. Um... They're built to win. I love, I love our coach. I absolutely love him. He's because he he plays my style. I mean, he caters to my style, which is build that offensive and defensive line like it's a wall, and then worry about everything else. He's an offensive line player. He was an offensive lineman, and he he's a he was a line yeah. coach, and and he that's where the game starts and ends. It's one in the trenches, and that's why the running game has been great under him. And it's that's the way to build a team. Um, I love it. And I'm, 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 I'm glad to see it happening. You know, a lot of, a lot of coaches, um, like, uh, you, you, um, I remember, uh, dubs, uh, when he had, when they had Sark, Sark would go and recruit like five quarterbacks and it's like, yeah. well, you can only have one of those on the field at a time. What about the rest of your squad? You need an offensive line and you need a running back and you, you only have one wide receiver, um you know dude come on <laughs> let's be a little smart about this you know you get like three or four wide uh, blue chip quarterbacks but you can only have one on the field at a time uh so anyway yeah um but looking forward uh the, the other big news uh real quick uh texas and oklahoma going to the, the sec what do you think i think that i mean why not i mean i, I think no later than 2025 is what i read but hopefully sooner if they can but I mean, SEC is a better conference if they're going to get more money there. And uh, I mean, all the best to them. It is what it is, dude. 
Yep, same here. I think uh, it's a no-brainer for the two of them. They're two of the most recognizable uh, schools, programs, faces of pretty much the entire center of that, if you're calling it Midwest or South, Mm -hmm. besides Alabama, but uh, the middle of the country. And to join forces with Florida and Alabama, like both the Mississippi schools, you're going to – no-brainer, no-brainer. So – I want to throw this idea out at you guys. Um, Abraham, myself, and a few of our friends were on a uh, text message thread this past week, and we were talking about it. Excuse me. Um, and we were thinking maybe they wind up all going to like, you know, there's five, there's the power five right now. Maybe it goes down to four of 16 teams each. Okay. So, you know, because the SEC, I think, will be at 16 with, with these two adding. The Big Ten is already at 14, I think. Sounds right. Or 16, yeah. one or the other. So there will, you know, and the, and the and the Big 12 is basically just going to be cannibalized. It'll be, you know, they'll, they'll pick at it. Um, so we were trying to figure out which four teams would the Pac-12 add. And here are our four that we came up with. And I'm curious about your thoughts, those. And I'll tell you also, we had two alternatives if we didn't get the, if we didn't get the, those four. Um, number one would be Boise State. Number two would be BYU. Number three would be Houston. Oh. And number four would be TCU. Oh. Because remember, it's all about money. So you get the Houston and the and the Texas media markets uh, and two good teams, two good football uh-huh. programs. You get the uh, you you get uh, all the Mormons in, in the world watching BYU, you know, so that that's gonna get you a big big media buy-in. And then Boise State's just a great a, a great football college and deserves to go to the next level. Um, the alternatives that we had were San Diego State, who's a great program. They're in good in a lot of different uh, levels, you know, baseball and tennis ba- and golf and you know basketball, football, basketball. You know, they're they're good all around. And that San Diego is a big major media market. Um, and then Kansas was the other one because you know mm. every 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 division should have a basketball school is, is the uh, is the thinking behind that one. Uh, I'm curious what you guys what your thoughts are about that ranking. Interesting. I, I like your. Sorry to interrupt. I like your. I like the first four you said. I, that makes more. That makes more sense. And I hope I hope they make it happen. I mean, it's they got to do something because Pac-12 right now is, is a big pile of you know what and. There, there's a reason why they're not, a, you know, they shouldn't be part of the Power Five ever because we're pretty weak conference right now. So we'll see what happens. So the the rankings are just adding to the Pac-12 to kind of balance out what the SEC and other conferences might. Yeah, and theoretically, become. if we go, if we if everyone goes to 16, what four teams would the Pac-12 add? I got gotcha. you. I think I like your first one. Not, no. I, I think San Diego State makes more sense geographically, right? Yeah. But um, TCU, not because I'm biased and went there, but <laughs> they had while I was there in college some of the best games against football games against Boise State. They went to back to back bowl games when they were both the uh, mid mid majors in the Mountain West, and Boise was in the I think at the WAC at the time, or uh, or Big East or something like that. Mountain but anyway. West. Or Mountain West, excuse me. Um, so TCU and Boise State kind of set that that uh, the mantra for the 
the small kid at the table, right? When they're both undefeated trying to make a, a major six or New Year's six bowl or whatever. Uh, so I think that would be a natural rivalry to bring into the conference. And then BYU, not only because of its uh, following, but they also played TCU a lot and mm-hmm. uh, when they were in the Mountain West together. So uh, I think that makes sense. Uh, the And especially Houston, you kind of grab, uh, I think Houston, I think they're a private school too. I don't know if that, maybe I'm thinking of Sam Houston State, but anyway, Texas markets and then some natural rivalries from uh, not not too recent or not too far away, but within mm-hmm. the last 10, 15 years, I think that'll add some more intrigue to uh, uh, to the Pac-12. What about I, you, Matt? Well, I was going to say I'm I'm I was cringing waiting for him to mention a certain I think it was the Alamo Bowl like five ah. years ago mm-hmm. um, when Oregon all they needed to do was just like kneel. <laughs> Like five or for six two, times for two quarters. Yeah, yeah, just kneel. I mean, we were up what 30, 35 to nothing at the half, and then we blew it. Yeah, completely because we kept throwing the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to bring that one up. Um, that was embarrassing. <laughs> well, I would argue that wasn't much of a rivalry because we took care of business. Well, it wasn't but, a rivalry, uh, but it was a big win. Yeah, it was. It was a tale of two halves. Each one was owned by a different team. <laughs> Actually, Matt, you'd get a you'd get a kick out of this, uh, or maybe not, but uh, because you were very astute, you or astute observer that my wife went to uh, Oregon, so we have a house divided flag of TCU and Oregon uh, somewhere stashed away. Uh, but, <laughs> Great, but uh, I won't. I'm not allowed to uh, put it up. But that's because uh, oh. <laughs> I, got a, I got a sore loser in this house. So. Oh, oh. All right. yeah, sure. <laughs> Actually. My birthday's coming up. I think I know what I want. Oh, now she's calling me. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, that'd be fun. Oregon TCU. I know. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, we'd probably have to go to one of the. It, assuming it happened, we'd have to go to one of those Oregon or TCU games every year. That'd be a oh, yeah. good, good. Uh, it would be home. a good game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we don't because it's all. I mean, it's all about money. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. It's 100% about money, these conference mergers and stuff. They want more money. Texas wants more money, even though they make the most out of any university in the country. Um, you know, they, they're the ones who caused the fish, the, uh, the rift with no, with Nebraska and Colorado ditching in the big 12 earlier, because they had their own longhorn network. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just greedy, 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 and they haven't been good in 20 years now it feels like yeah, it does <laughs> Vince young Vince young in the in the uh national championship game against usc right yeah that was the last time they were good like 15 years ago but matt, leonard and, matt leonard and vince young that's how long yeah. ago it was um so yeah <laughs> so then uh yeah there was rumors apparently of a pack that well the what happened it wasn't rumors the pac 12 commissioner the big 10 commissioner and the acc commissioner had a meeting no one really knows what came out of that meeting, but I, but the timing of it suggests maybe there was some kind of deal being discussed to counter the SEC's power, basically. Um, I wonder what that would look like. Would we, would, we, would we just merge with all of them? Would it just be like one super conference of like 30 teams? How would that work? You have a West conference and a central conference and an East conference or a division, I mean? Geez, sounds like Major League Baseball having a central, east, and west almost. Yeah, I mean, it would be, it'd be interesting. <laughs> True. 
you know, because yep. you got all the teams <laughs> in the West, you got all teams on the East, and you got, you know, in the Rust Belt, the, the Big Ten. Um, huh. Be kind of cool to be in the same league as Nebraska. That would be know. interesting. What this is, I'm totally off base here, but like, what if you had just like Aqua Sox used to have two halves? What if you had like a spring, uh, fall season and a spring season, and then I don't know, the mega super college championship in the middle of the summer, say at Jerry World in Texas, where it's air conditioned at least. And I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there because everyone loves football, you could make it. Both Ooh. a winter well, and, and and spring. Yeah, they mm. um they need what they need to do is they need to go to a playoff system like they have in in FCS, where they have you know it's 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 basically like uh like the Final Four kind of situation. They have a they you know you do a couple waves of playoffs, you do a couple you know weeks of playoffs, and and they need they need to go to that. And I think they're going to eventually wind up there, but it's dumb that they're dragging their feet to get there. Yeah. Because uh, everyone knows, I mean, it's like, well, we're only going to go to four for the college football playoff. Well, what? Why only four? You know, because number five mm-hmm. is going to be sitting there screaming, and they're going to barely miss it by that much, and and you know, by very very little amount. And and you know, if you go to if you go to twelve, number thirteen doesn't really have anything to say. It's like you should have been better. I'm sorry. If, if you're twelve and thirteen, you're splitting hairs at that point. You should have yeah. done better. Um, but, but four and five, you could probably make an argument, uh, you know, so they, you know, they should have known down the road and immediately that it, they had to go to at least to 12, if not 16 or bigger 32, <clears throat> let's go 32. Screw it. Let's yeah. Why not go big or go home? Let's do it. <laughs> um, forget, forget March madness. It's all about December, January madness. Baby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then, and then what happens when the Cinderella story knocks out Alabama in round one and. And, and you've got Coastal Carolina, you know, having the Cinderella story like they had do in, in, you know, in the final four, um, you know, the, 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 when the, when the, uh, when the, the 12 seed beats the, uh, the one seed or whatever. Um, yep. It'd be interesting. It'd be, uh, it'd be pretty cool. And, but their concern is they don't want to add more games and wear and tear on the players, but I don't know. I, it's like two more games. It's not a big deal. Exactly. Two more games. Um, exactly anyways make it happen matt you're here (laughs) um we come to the end of our show but we i don't remember last time when we had john phil but we like to do this thing we call shout outs to end the show on a positive note um do you have any special shout outs you'd like to give sure um well i would be remiss if i don't uh shout out to donnie harrell head coach of Seattle baseball. If he uh, happens to listen to this, cause he's, uh, he's been, he's been my mentor through uh, everything I've done over the last, geez, six, seven years now, ever since I went back to CLU to get my, uh, my graduate degree, he's been there pretty much since day one, which uh, <clears throat> has been great. And to even have the opportunity to come back to CLU should everything in writing uh, come to fruition. Um, I'm, more than grateful to work for that man. Uh, other than that, uh, I, she's right here, but shout out to my wife, uh, you know, making us through this pandemic together. We have a, a one and a half year old Labradoodle named Herman, which I may have told you the story uh, separately off camera, but the name for Herman's twofold. Uh, she had a friend who has a dog named Ruth. So 
why not have a George or a Herman, George Herman Ruth, Babe Ruth. <laughs> awesome. So we added a second baseball dog to the uh, family, so to speak. And then anytime I was going to go on uh, road trips with the baseball team or just was gone for work reasons, it would become effectively her man while I was gone. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, what about you, Matt? <laughs> Matthew Page. Uh, well, uh, I actually, I want to, I want to say, I want to give a shout out to the Bellingham Bells. Uh, it's unfortunate that their season ended uh, this past weekend. They were knocked out of the playoffs by the Yakima Valley Pippins, I believe they're called. Yep. yep. Um, you know, it's been a great year in, in Bellingham. They're uh, they're an awesome organization. Stephanie uh, Morell is their GM and is always wonderful with us, with everyone. She's, uh, you know, we've, we've, we did a podcast with her. She's great. Uh, you know, next year we're looking forward again to, to going up to uh, Bellingham, as always, and, and catch more Bells games. I always recommend everyone and uh, to go do it. I uh, wrote an article on seattlesportsunion.com. You can go check it out. And why aren't you there yet? uh you know basically was really the subject of my article um this place is awesome why aren't you here come on uh and uh and and yeah so um i'm you know it sucks that their season is over but they had a great season uh, a lot of great players and um we'll see them next year absolutely and i won't have 14 shout outs like i normally do just because of time constraints but uh, my first shout out is to our guest last week, Jason Churchill, a prospect insider. Uh, lots of great stuff from him. If you guys, if you love baseball out there, whether it's Seattle Mariners or minor leagues, this guy knows his stuff. And I mean, he took the time to sit down with us at the, before an Aqua Sox game. And we could have talked to, to talk to him for several hours, just like we could have talked to you, Phil. I mean, this guy's one of the nicest guys and, and, we're very appreciative to him and it's like, we're very appreciative to you. So we did talk to yeah. him for a couple hours. Actually, we only recorded one hour of it, but he stuck around for another like hour. We he talked to zero. Oh, off. wow. He did. That's... Yeah. <laughs> and, and then my last shout out, well, because Matt already did the bells is to you, Phil, the man. We thank you for joining us once again. And we expect great ratings from this. So you got your work cut out. <laughs> for you, buddy. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna start paying people off right now. I'm just <laughs> and we're we're looking forward to booing at you from the uh, stands, uh, you know, in the next Seattle U baseball. Yeah, absolutely, game. just you at you, be, not the team. You yeah. specifically. Yeah, anytime I run water out to the umpires, I know exactly <laughs> who my uh, who my audience is now. <laughs> anyway, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Absolutely. Um, this is the end of our Sales Fortune Weekly Podcast. You can hear us on Spotify, Podbean, and iTunes for free. And you please follow us on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, at SalesportsU. We got, we're on Instagram. And like Gabe always says, we are likable, kind of, right? So please. I, I think we're likable. I do. I think we're, we're likable when Abe isn't here. <laughs> Even more likable, yeah. Even more likable, yep. Huh? All right, so you have a good week, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Go Hawks!